Hello, everybody. Here I'm there to talk about Anchor. It's one of the best podcast uh, platforms that you can you can uh, go on. You can put all your podcasts on Apple, Google, any place. Any place to put up your podcast, you could all do it in one place. Anchor has all the tools to allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the phone or computer. And you can distribute any of your, your podcasts on any platform like Apple, Spotify, Anchor, you know, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeart, everything. It's everything you need you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. And let me tell you, I have had great experience with Anchor. Download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started today. That is Anchor FM to get started today. Welcome in between the whistles. I'm Joe. I'm Cindy. And we are talking the Lions and Stevie Nicks. Now there's two things I would have never put together. Stevie Nicks belongs in, in football conversation. Oh, you gotta help me out here, because I mean I'm a smart woman, but I, I'm not getting the connection there between Stevie Nicks and the Detroit Lions. Did you know that Stevie Nicks dated Joe Joe Namath? It doesn't surprise me. I mean, if I had the opportunity, I would have dated Joe Namath. Broadway Joe? Oh, Oof. heck yeah. He's still he's still good looking at his age. Isn't that Oof. something? That's that that's amazing. But you know, we're talking Lions and the Lions. Yeah, there's nobody good looking on the Lions. Actually, no, that's not true. I think Dan Campbell's a hottie. He's a hottie. He's, he's cute. He's got he definitely works on that body cuz he does a really good job of working out cuz that he looks like he could play football right now. <laughs> Well, you know what? He's kind of got that little bit of a rough edge to him, but he wears his heart on his sleeve. He's like that kind of rough, kind of sweetheart. So he's, 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 he's a good he's, guy. He's a good guy. And but the reality of the situation is, there's another emer- there's an emerging superstar for the Lions. Is that how you're drawing the connection between Stevie Nicks, a superstar, and we have a superstar coming on the line? <laughs> yes, the, that, you're getting the conclusion. <laughs> she dated a superstar quarterback. Yeah. So we have a superstar coming in. And he's got a cool name. Amon Ra St. Brown. Amon Ra. Yes. I love that guy's name. If nothing else, no, but he is. He's really showing that what the future of the Lions could be. Yeah, and you know, when we talked about this, you know, about Brent Holmes, right? We talked about can you find people in the draft and do that's how you have confidence of your general manager. Like, we don't have confidence in Al Vila. Does anyone, we has have, anyone ever had confidence have, in Alavilla? We have our utmost confidence in, and he's allowed to do carte blanche with Steve Eisenman. Oh, hands down. And we have, and Troy Weaver has earned confidence too what because of the moves that he's made. Brett Holmes has become the same way. I mean, if you look at his draft class, I mean, Don Rod St. Brown was a fifth round draft pick, and he found probably one of the steals of the draft in the fifth round. And I, we always talk about it with Stevie Y is when you if you find talent later in the draft, it means that you're a great general manager. And when we say great general manager, we mean you're able to find talent outside the first round because usually the first round you know what you're getting. You know, you know the guy you're getting. He's probably a difference maker. He's a good player, or he's a guy who could be under your roster for a long time. But when you get to the later rounds, you're kind of taking shots in the dark. Or you're taking shots that you know this guy could be good or he could be really, really bad. But you have to give good instincts. You have to have you have to be able to see 
into the draft what it is that your organization needs, not just what anybody could use, right. but specifically what does your organization need, and that's really where strategic planning comes into play, and I think that you, you've got a, a couple of guys who've proven that they're looking into the, the long haul. Yeah. You know, they're not just playing a short game here, they're looking at the long game, and I think that it's, you know, Stevie Y, again, is just brilliant at that, and as soon as he got to Detroit, he said immediately, and perhaps this is what... You know, Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes should have done. They should have come out like Stevie Y and I would say burst everybody's bubble. But I remember the first, very first, you know, interview uh, or press conference Steve Eiserman had. And he said immediately, look, you know, everybody was so excited. They thought, oh, you know, Savior is back in Detroit. And he said, look, it's 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 yeah. not going to happen overnight. It's, it's, it's going to be it's going to be years. It's going to be a process. He said three to five years before yeah. you know that it's going to take uh, to to get us to in where we're NFL, competitive. In the NFL, it's a little bit different because you can rebuild quickly. According, you know, in NHL, you have to wait a couple years because you know some of the players are younger and you got to let them mature a little bit. These kids coming out of college for football, they're they're ready to go pretty much on top. Like Penny Sewell looks like he's. Ready to go, ready to strike when all the iron's hot. Michael Parsons, the Cow- Dallas Cowboys, Rashawn Slater, all these guys—they come out of college and they look like they literally can play pro football day one. You know, and I don't know if it's because the way a football program is is functionally different in developmental stages than, say, a hockey program or, or even base, a baseball yeah, program. Yeah. And, well, and it, that it, is it, it. It is because these college kids that are playing college football. They're going against pros, pretty much. Like you're you're going against yeah. pros because the whole thing with you know, and there's in hockey and baseball, there's there's different types of players, right? Like in hockey, you got the Europeans, you got the Canadians, the Czechs, the U Americans. Yeah, it's it's really a worldwide recruitment. It's 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 yeah. and you know, and in, in, in baseball, it's the same way. You know, you you got the yep. Cubans, Dominicans, yep. the Brazilians, South, the Venezuelans. Yep, yep. You know, you got the Americans and the you got the Japanese now. I mean, right. but it's like, it's in football, it's all American kind of, I mean, there's some that are coming from overseas now, but not majority. And the reality of the situation is like, you're seeing these kids come out of college and they're ready to go because they played at high levels of football, either in the Pac-12, the Big 12, Big 10, SEC, they're just, they're coming ready to play. Well, and one of the things that Dan Campbell said to that point about Panay Sewell is that... You know, he said that he shows a maturity beyond his years. He's a very mature player already, and he's smart. He said he's smart as a whip, I think is was his actual quote um, with regards to Panay Sewell. So, um, you know, he's definitely got – they had a good draft. Uh, they got these guys some really good playing time because of a lot of the injuries we had. A lot they of, had a lot of injuries. Yeah, yes. a lot of injuries, really injury prone. I, I think, you know, we need to be careful in not judging Dan Campbell too harshly. Uh, because he had a lot of challenges this season. I'm not saying that that's an excuse necessarily, except for I would say, you know what, let's give him an opportunity to have a healthier season with a cup, you know, with a very good draft class that is going to now be in their year two mm-hmm. development. Yep. And then he's got another opportunity, another bite at the apple with another good draft class. He's got two first round picks this year too. Right. Exactly. So, that's my but, point. You know, the reality of the situation though is like, like people don't understand, like, especially in football. You know, people are – I see it all the time. You know, I, I run Detroit Lions News. I see it all the time, like, well, we've been rebuilding forever. Well, you haven't had general managers who can pick people. You know, like, look at all the great Detroit teams across 
Detroit, the Bad Boys, the 84 Tigers, the Wings of 97, 98, 2002, and 2008. Yeah. L- look at the leadership they had at the top, at general manager. Look at the coaches and then say, yeah, those were good teams. I don't think anybody's saying Chuck Daly was a bum-ass coach. Right. I don't think they were saying that, you know, the general manager was a bum-ass general manager. No, because they found talent and it matched. They aren't saying about the Red Wings because Nick Lidstrom, Stevie Y, Sergey Fedorov, Darren McCarty, Kirk Malpe, Kess Osgood. Whew. You right. can go down the list. Well, again, you know, deep, deep. You got depth there in, in the, the Lions. Not only are they not, you know, it's going to take them some time to develop the depth, I think. But even, you know, their go-to guys. I mean, I think we still, I think Jared Goff is. is He's serviceable. He's serviceable, he, but I still don't think he is the QB for the Lions uh, I think that he might make a good backup because let me tell you, we got no backup right. QB at all. But the problem, the problem with this draft coming up is there's no QBs that are even close to what golf so, is. So you know, so what's so their you, answer? So, so you keep this is the reality. So you know, looking forward to Brent Holmes in the second year, you're going to start to see the the talent on the team get better. Now you're not going to have the quarterback to get to the next level, but next year you're going to have two first round picks. So you could trade up in the draft and get your quarterback. That's the reality. I mean, maybe you finish in the top the top ten of the draft, you know, the draft, and you get you can get your QB. But I think they're going to be better than that next year. And I think with the two first round picks, you can trade back into the first round. I mean, you could trade up in the first round, get a quarterback that you want that you could build around. Jared Goff is just a placeholder at this point. Unless he proves otherwise, he's a placeholder at this point. Well, and you know, in addition to that, I mean, really, who are your go to receivers? I mean, even when you're looking at receivers, I mean, I think you, you're you going to have to shore that up a little bit, too. I think it's getting better, but you're going to have to shore that up. And I really think, and, and give me your thought here, Joe, I mean, if you're the Lions and you have to concentrate uh, on either your O-line or your defense, where are you going? I'm saying go to the offensive line. I'm I mean, saying develop the, the offensive line. The offensive line is going to be better next year because they're going to get Frank Ragnall back. They're going to have a healthy offensive line. Penn is still in year two. Jonah Jackson is going to be back. Vitae is going to be back. You don't have to do nothing on the offense line. Defensive line, you're going to probably you're probably going to draft the edge rusher either Hutchinson, which I'm really not a fan of after the game against Georgia because he went against NFL talent and didn't look like NFL talent, and or Kayvon Thibodeau, and you're going to get your edge rusher in the first pick of the first round. In the second pick, you can take a wide receiver that could be the second fiddle to a guy like. I'm Ross St. Brown. And well, then, then you then you know, you use free agency, you go you go get a guy that you think that could be serviceable. You go get, you go build a depth in the wide receiving core, you go get some depth for the linebacker, you build the rest of the draft by getting players that you that fall to you and you'll be good. What I think the Lions really need, and I think it was the answer for the, the Detroit Red Wings, I think they demonstrated this and we talked about it before the season's Started because we saw it coming, and I think that this is what the Lions need. They need all they need is one or two game changers. They need someone to shift yeah. the momentum. That's what they need. Well, they, they, they need a momentum you know shift. What, you know what they say? Just like Cider and Raymond have been for the Detroit Red Wings, the Lions need something like that. You know what they say in football? That you need you need three elite level players. 
they have to be either on offense or they're usually the best teams are spread out. Like you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, right? They got Mahomes, they got Travis Kelce, and they got Tyreek Hill. But on defense, they got Trayon Matthew and Chris Jones. So they're five good players. Five really good players that make a difference in the team. You look at the Packers. They had the best record in the NFL, right? Best record. They got Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. They're missing their their left tackle all year. <laughs> right. Who they get back for the playoffs. Right. They have Rashawn Gary. They have Jerry Alexander come back. And Eric Stokes turned into a good player. So you, you look at that and you go... You go. Those are those are the measuring sticks. So you get, you hope that you can develop some of these players and they become those guys that you can lean on. But you need five good players, at least, to become like a Super Bowl contender. Now three gets you to the next level of you can compete, but you're not ready yet. I think the Lions just need one to help light a fire to change the get, shift the momentum. They have. I mean, they have one changing player. On this team this year, and I and I understand the the Amonrasse and Brown. Well, it's Penisul. Oh, Penisul. Well, yeah. But I'm saying they need. What I'm thinking, Joe, is that they need a veteran, a a marquee player. You're not going to get come a, in there. You're not going to get a veteran in while you're rebuilding. So you got to draft it. It's like kind of like the Rebels, right? They didn't go out and they get a. They didn't go out and get a free agent that they the veteran that they kind of coveted. I mean, Verona they did, but that was they. That was lightning in a bottle, but that was Stevie Y being Stevie Y, you know. But this is in the NFL. You got to draft your talent, and you got to you can't overpay because if you overpay, then you're going to be screwed because a lot of those overpaid contracts don't really work. Overpaid and long term contracts contracts are a thing of the past. Steve Eiserman proved that the guy doesn't write a contract longer than three years. It doesn't matter who he's got. He could have he could have the next Wayne Gretzky, and he's not signing a contract longer than three the, years because he knows he can renegotiate. The, you know, the, for for once in the Detroit Lions history, I think the Lions have a general manager that they can he identifies talent, and he can pick in all forms of draft. Even his his undrafted free agents are paying off dividends, and they'll be back next year for their second year, and they're going to be really really good. Brad Holmes has identified and shown that he is kind of a Stevie Y mentality of he can make those smooth moves to get his team where he wants to get. Well, the one big benefit, I think, of this season for both Dan Campbell and and, um, Brad Holmes is that they were able to really see in a competitive environment where they're lacking and what they need. Yeah. So at least now they know, uh, have a much better sense of what they need and they know what's not working. Mm-hmm. So it's helping, it's going to help them kind of dial in what is going to work because they established very well what doesn't work. So and this was a learning let's, opportunity. Let's take it a step further. All these injuries helped them because they r- really know where they have to go in depth. Like they know they have to go, like we need to focus on this position group because if there's injuries, we need someone to step up, you know? That's what the good organizations do. That's what the you know the, the Robins did for years. That's what the Patriots did for years. That's what the Spurs did for years. Go on down the list. Every team that has been successful has had general managers who identified the depth that they needed, and they got the star players with their the obvious picks. Well, I think it's fair to say for sure that the Lions have found out that a passing game is not their game. Yeah. Well, well, when they get when they get the quarterback and they get the run, they get the wide receivers that they 
maybe they can open up the passing game, but at this time, you know, it's obviously been whatever. It's obviously been it's They ob- heard us, Joe. They heard us. They didn't like that. Obviously it's been <laughs> obviously it's been the uh running game that's been the big but that's the thing that you can look forward to. Their running game's gonna be elite next year and they're gonna have, you know, Frank Ragnar back and that's gonna be a huge get for you know, the whole offense because your center is a big part of your offense. You just gotta like where the lines are going because unlike in the years past, they are showing development in key areas of the rookies and everything. And they're showing that they can identify talent in the later rounds, and their draft class is really, really good. I don't know. I'm giving. I think it's going to take a couple more years. I think you're going to see a better season next year. I mean, really, could you can't get any worse. Uh, knock on wood. But um, I wonder what the Vegas odds were on the Lions at the beginning of the season. You're you're a big sports betting five, guy. It was five and a half, so it was under. Yeah. So so they definitely came in under. I, now, I would think that most people, at least out of Detroit, the bets out of Detroit were com- were coming in under. They probably but, pay off big time on them. But if you betted at the beginning of the year that the Lions would have a tie, do you know what the odds were? I can't imagine. Plus three thousand. Wow, that means a tie game. Yeah. Which they did. Yeah. Wow. And like, I wonder who got paid off there. Like twenty people got in across the country. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's here's the Lions. The Lions tie score. You know, zero zero. No, I'm just Steelers three three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is between the West with Detroit. We'll be talking the Rebels in the next segment. Join us for that segment, my boys.